Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Join us every weekday at this time to discuss news, spend time in the Word, and receive answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, Kathy. Uh, here good we morning. Are, uh, Monday, we're uh, on our c- series on prayer and examples of prayer, which has been really fun uh, to do. And we're uh, heading into the, the uh, third week of January when this airs, even though we're actually taping this earlier as we're getting ready ourselves for Christmas. So you still have Christmas stuff up. So <laughs> Yes, yeah. Uh, our viewers will be seeing Christmas decorations for a bit longer That's because it. we are taping in advance. Yeah, yeah. Because we <laughs> so uh, just enjoy it. Extra long season there. Yeah, yeah. And we uh, just, you know, we, we purposely, uh, because of our own families and what, and, and there was a, uh, back in November, we had a great uh, discussion. I think it's the 17th. Uh, Thursday the 17th, uh, Linda and I and Dan and Kathy talked about preparation for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, when you see this, you know, it'll be over with. But um, for us, we actually live out what we said. And, right, absolutely. Uh, and we planned it out, and we want plenty of margin, plenty of joy. Uh, Linda and I, uh, we just went this last weekend to... Um, uh, a uh, the concert at the Colorado Symphony with the uh, Celtic women. Oh, how fun! Uh, and it was uh, just a, all Christmas. The whole thing was all Christmas. Yeah. Uh, you guys also did Trans Siberian Orchestra Thanksgiving weekend, right? We did, we did Trans Siberian yeah. Orchestra, and uh, that was uh, spectacular. Uh, Our Christmas concert we went to this past week may have been a little different than yours. We took my mom to the Oak Ridge Boys Christmas. Oh, the how was that? Christmas. It was actually amazing. We we always enjoy it, but definitely has a country feel. I did wear my cowboy boots all because, right, you know, all, right. all good Tennessee girls should do that at a concert like that. Um, but yeah, great job. And they present the gospel beautifully oh, in the middle do. of it. They do. they do. And so it was a lot of fun. My mom loved every minute of it, but it puts you in the Christmas spirit. And this weekend, we are taking the kids. You'll appreciate this. Um, We have a family outing with all all eight of us will together go out to dinner, and then we have tickets to Elf the Musical. Okay. (laughs) Well, that ought to be interesting. Which will be fun in downtown Portsmouth. Uh, Not quite the same as Trans-Siberian Orchestra, but we will laugh and we'll enjoy every moment of it, I am sure. (laughs) The the Celtic women... um, uh, they did a great. Uh, they did a great uh, testimony, and uh, they they sang. They had the orchestra and them sing "Amazing Grace" with a bagpipe. Oh, oh, how fun! It was. It was. It was. Uh, it was just gave you you know the chills of the Holy Spirit. It was really beautiful. Oh, I love it. Um, and then we're uh, we also are going. We're taking our whole family and some friends of theirs to uh, a play, the Christmas Carol, in mm-hmm. Denver, and in Denver. They do it with a gospel center. Really? So they sing Christmas carols. Uh, they and then they have these descriptions throughout the throughout the way they you know they speak about. Oh, that's fascinating. About Jesus. Uh huh. It's it's just a beautiful uh, opportunity to really you know get a sense of 
of uh, you know what uh, that story was all about and and the the depth of Christ. That's fun. And when you saw the Oak Ridge Boys, now are they the same original four guys? It, they are. They yes. Are. Okay. The I think I'm I'm going to get this number wrong. I think, but when they were introducing themselves, they introduced. The, I mean, I think there has been some iterations along the way, but the quote-unquote newest member of the Oak Ridge Boys was um, the one who sings the high part and everything. I don't remember his name. My mom would know it very well. But I believe he joined the band in 1973. Yeah. And he was <laughs> the newest. newest. He was the newest of all of them. So it is the original crew. And yeah, I mean, there's a whole section they have to sit in rocking chairs because they can't be standing up for too long. <laughs> And so they do it by a little fireplace in rocking chairs and sing. Super fun, though. So much fun. Did the, <laughs> and they uh, do, like I said, beautifully share is the, the guy Is with. the guy that has that deep voice, bass voice? Oh, is he's he still amazing. There? He is still there. In fact, he is my mom's favorite singer. Yeah. And so, indeed, when we got the seats, we've been to this concert with her before, so we know how they lay it out. And we got front row tickets and oh, we got nice. the table where she was literally, she could have reached out and touched him because that's her favorite one. And so she was directly in front of him. <laughs> she must have had a thrill then. Oh, she was in heaven. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, well, um, you know, as we're talking about prayer, uh, we've been going through examples of prayer. We've, we've kind of talked about uh, as what prayer really is. And we want to keep reminding everybody that it's uh, what Christ told his disciples is having up until now you haven't prayed because mm -hmm. you haven't had to. Uh, in essence, your life is prayer because I'm with you all the time. Right. And, and they we're, were walking with him in we're perfect walking communion and, at and that dialoguing. Point, yeah. And uh, he says, uh, I want my church to really grab hold of the beauty and the essence and the wonder and the privilege of what it really is. And because mm -hmm. we, we, we've learned partly through the formality of the ages where, you know, churches uh, prayed up front um, and then they had prayer groups, but it, it became where, and you think about typically how we do this, if we say pray, we're going to pray, mm -hmm. what's the first thing everybody does? Close their eyes and bow their head. Right. Um, right. And it's out of, you know, I think I'm reverencing and I'm focusing and uh, getting but, rid of distractions. But <laughs> it's, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to give God, you know, some information mm -hmm. and tell him what I think I, I would like him to do. Because mm -hmm. uh, that's our prayer. You know, would you? And then um, I raise my head, I finish, and I go back to life, you know. And right. he says, well, think of prayer as life itself. Mm -hmm. And that is that don't don't go off and pray. It's pray while you're living life all day long. Pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. Talk to me all the time. I can interrupt you anytime. I can say things to you. I can, right. I can uh, relate things to you. Uh, Listen for my voice. Yeah. Pay attention to the promptings of the Holy Spirit throughout the day. It's walking with him 24-7. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and what I find it to be, and I know you do too, is that it becomes unique and personal mm -hmm. of, I think, how we're wired and things that, that start to uh, encourage and, and uh, excite us about just the relationship. So like, right. you know, with God, with me, uh, my relationship, 
uh, tends to have some humor to it, mm-hmm. uh, tends to be very challenging, uh, tends to be uh, more question mm-hmm. or, or a statement like, you know, uh, one thing for me, and, and this is where the, the beauty of the dialogue happens, is that, um, you know, I'm active in a lot of different things. And um, because my, my personality mm-hmm. is let's go and I want to go work this through and get this finished and, and I'm going to act and react. And I do that fairly like quickly in my mind. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing it pretty quick. And my, <laughs> because that's my bent, you know, something will happen. Somebody will say something. Somebody will do something and I'll get ready to react. Mm-hmm. And and God's comments to me will be, uh, son, uh, if I was you, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say what you're about ready to right. say. Right. You know, and it's one of those kind of when he because I've learned it. And when he says it, I know you recognize do it. not go any further, you know. Right. Uh, and so as you bring that up, I think that's a super important thing, just as we're talking about um prayer. I love that you're talking about how personal it is and how it does go to your personality as well as to God's personality. Right. right. You know, because I think about um, conversations I've had with people and, and especially, you know, you and I have both, you know, we've both been spending just years and years walking in prayer with God. And so there are people that, for lack of a better way to say it, are, are jealous of the prayer life. The, you know, they're they're wanting, they're yearning for something similar, right? So I don't know <laughs> if jealous is really the right word, but they they want that type of intimacy that we both are experiencing with God. And so I'll have people asking me about it and everything. And what you find is they think it needs to look like it looks like for you. And they're not doing it right, hearing it right, whatever, if it doesn't look like it did for Rich or if it doesn't look like it did for Kathy, why does she get to have it like this? And I only have this, you know, and that sort of thing. And I think about um, likening it to how I speak with my children. Hmm. My conversations with Anna take on a very different character than my conversations with Caleb, who was like a quick-witted humor and and very different than Joshua's. Joshua's very analytical. All of those conversations have beautiful truth and and quipping and all kinds of interesting things that go on, but they are very directed towards the personality of that relationship. And that's unique and that's beautiful. And so we need not envy someone else's. We need explore and and recognize that God's going to speak to us the way we listen yeah. and that he indeed wired us that way. And so embrace that. Yeah. Yeah, so when you think of, uh, you know, take that further with your kids, um, when does your opportunity to have a conversation with them exist? Just throughout the day yeah, as all, we're- see, all the time. Just doing life, yeah. yeah because if, they, if they're walking with you or they come into your room and say, uh, hey mom, um, uh, I got this going or I'm gonna have to do this or, uh, and just talking, well, you're in prayer with them. Right. Because you're available, one. Right. And you're listening, too. And then, if the, particularly if they say, well, I, I'm looking for some wisdom here, I'm looking for some ideas here, or mm-hmm. I'm considering uh, that. And they could even say something, hey, I'm going to go do. Mm-hmm. And you know, wait a minute, I think that may not be a great idea. And, and they haven't asked you. 
Right. But what will you do? You'll interject. Mm-hmm. You'll say, well, wait, before you go do that, I know you think it's a good idea, but I think maybe you ought to look at it differently, or maybe right. the timing of it is different. And and you'll or have and, you thought about this? Have you thought you about know. this? So you'll interrupt without them saying, you know, tell me what to do, tell me what to do, tell me what to do. It's just you're there with the ability to say, I I think maybe we ought to go a different way here. And mm-hmm. and God's remember, and this is this is us as humans. God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. God is all all knowing and has a will that can deliver to us the best and none better. Right. So and as desires we're, to as do we're that. as we're walking, he's always, you know, let me let me get you on the right path. Let me let me have you on the right timing. Let me do all the mm-hmm. other things I'm doing. And if you have a heart to go, and this is think of the disciples, you know, in essence. Mm-hmm. And this is this is interesting. Did they follow God's will for three years? They were with Him, so they really were following Him. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, do we perfectly re- not always? No. You know, uh, <laughs> but that was part of the teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me teach you to walk into truth. Let me teach you how to right. follow me. Let me teach you how to ask me questions. So um, now. Um, Think about what I just said. They followed him for three years and his will for three years. See, there's no time where he said, okay, boys, you go off (laughs) and I'll see you in a couple months. Right. You know, good luck. I hope you you figure this out. It Mm -hmm. was always, in essence, and and think about this. Did they ever themselves go wherever they thought they should go? No. No. They never did. It was just what Jesus said, we're going here. Mm-hmm. They didn't They didn't say, I, I don't want to go there. No. Okay. All right. Uh, and they learned, by the way, over the three years, uh, one thing that they did learn, which is something you and I have learned, is God says, well, let's go here. Mm-hmm. And our first thought is, because of our experience, is, well, this ought to be interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I wonder what this is going to be like. Or I got this issue and he's going to resolve it. I wonder how he's going to do that. But I'm going with him because I have the privilege of it. One, he's not going to be silent on me. He's going to guide me and lead me and dialogue with me. And that's why that's why you don't go through what people say. I go through a dry period. Well, it's not mm. because of God. Because think about it. If that's If there was a dry period... Then he purposely said, I'm not talking to you anymore. Right. And he's and that's not what prayer is all about, is that there's right. always this this a beautiful access to him. So so think of prayer as dialogue. It's all the time. It's a privilege. And God says, I'm guiding, leading, communicating. He said, first of all, he says, My heart gets thrilled by just being with you. Mm-hmm. And the relation, and I said, and, you, and we talked about this uh, other times about joy. Joy is knowing who you're with. Yes. And that he can deliver things and, and he loves you and cares about us and wants to communicate with us. And he says, my thrill is that I want your thrill to be with me. While we're doing that, I'm going to guide you into my will, which is a path. Mm-hmm. And you'll have forks in the road and I'm going to help you with those forks. And I'll guide you day after day after day into my perfect will. Uh, and by the way, it's it's not a uh, uh, absolute path because it'll be bearing on what other people do and say. 
of how mm -hmm. they respond. And we'll, we'll see this now. So let's go to, uh, we've talked last time about Jehoshaphat um, with, you know, coming, having the enemy come against him and he sought God and got an answer. Uh, let's go to Nehemiah. This is an interesting discussion, a little bit of a, of a slightly different uh, viewpoint on it because it wasn't Nehemiah saying, what should I do? Mm -hmm. He's just living. Right. And something happens. And then it goes into this dialogue. So let's let's look at it. Nehemiah 1, a little bit long, but 1 to 11, okay. uh, first chapter of Nehemiah. Okay. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, it came to pass in the month of Chislev in the 20th year that I was in Shushan, the citadel, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The walls of the wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. Remember, I pray, the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of the serv of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servant prosper this day. I pray and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. Yep. Okay, so uh, now uh, let me set the stage here. So um, we know about uh, Jeremiah the prophet. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, gives a message to Israel that you've fallen away from God, right. followed your own way, uh, and because of that, uh, God is going to discipline us. And um, I'm asking you now, repent. Mm -hmm. If you come back, then God will not fulfill bringing any discipline or judgment against you. Right. And they say, we don't believe it. We're not doing it. Okay. And Nehemiah says, no, I'm telling you, judgment is coming. And then he starts to get very specific. Nebuchadnezzar, who they know about from Babylonia, who's super powerful, mm -hmm. is going to come and capture us and take us and destroy us. Yeah, we don't believe it. Uh, Nehemiah says to Jeremiah God. Jeremiah says. Excuse point, me. Right? Uh, uh, yeah. Jeremiah. Yeah, keep me straight on that. <laughs> the I is, A lot of I is there. I is there. Uh, <laughs> Jeremiah. Uh, he goes to God and says, um, and by the way, we'll get into a prayer of Jeremiah's, but um, he was a great example of dialogue. He just would go talk to God 
and mm-hmm. he says, hey, they're not listening to me. Um, why are you having me give this message? Because nobody's responding. Mm-hmm. And so what difference does it make? And should I just, shouldn't I just stop? And by the way, they're coming after me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just a messenger. God says, well, son, what did I tell you? You're my messenger. You're my sheepdog. Don't worry about the outcome. You be faithful to what I say. I told you that right up front. Mm-hmm. Whatever I tell you, you tell them. Don't worry about the outcome. Um, well, what do I do now? Jeremiah says. Okay, I tell you what. Tell them the opportunity is over. Mm-hmm. Judgment is coming. Uh, but ask the remnant if they have a heart to go. Um, you're going to get captured. I'm going to have you taken to a different land, but I'll give you covenant life as the remnant. Which, by the mm-hmm. way, and for, for any of you that are listening to our End Times Friday, um, we talk about the remnant. We're going to be talking about it even more coming up here of um, what do we as a remnant who mm-hmm. are going to be experiencing the tribulation, what do we do with that? Right. Um, and, and God has an answer for that, which we'll talk about. But he says, tell, tell the remnant to surrender and go willingly and don't fight. And mm-hmm. I'll take it to Babylonia. I'll give you the covenant. Okay. Um, Nebuchadnezzar surrounds the city. And the people that weren't following God said, could you ask God, can we be saved if, you know, we, we uh, decide to follow what you say? Mm-hmm. Jeremiah says, phooey. Um, you guys aren't going to follow God at all. Why bother? No, mm-hmm. we promise you. We'll follow God. You go ask God, what do we do? And we'll do it. Jeremiah says, I doubt it, but okay. (laughs) So so he goes to God. God, what do I tell him? And God says, tell everybody they can be part of the remnant. And and don't fight, but surrender. Mm -hmm. Lay your arms down. Surrender and get captured and get taken to Babylonia. Yes, you're going to lose your nation. But by the way, I'll restore it later. Right. Right. but you can go, and if but if you don't go and surrender, all of you will be killed. Your you, your wives, your children, and your livestock, and the city will be burned, and you'll be in de- you'll be destitute. Mm-hmm. And they said, "We don't believe it. We're we're fighting." Mm. And guess what? They all died. Wow! They all got killed, and the only ones that mm-hmm. were left was Jeremiah and the remnant. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, uh, as part of that remnant, we know a story about that. Uh, Daniel. Mm-hmm. So Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were part of that remnant. Right. And they got and captured. And living in Babylon. And they the lived in Babylon. And we, and we go through a whole story of, of how they lived. Uh, mm-hmm. They lived covenant life, different, because they didn't have a temple. They didn't have feast. They, you know, they didn't have worship uh, mm-hmm. in, a, in a big way like they used to, but they had great covenant life because God blessed them mm-hmm. uh, in a different, different way. Uh, okay, well, Nehemiah is now removed from that probably at least a generation. So mm-hmm. anywhere from 60 to 80 years later from, from Daniel. Daniel lived to be uh, 80 or 90 years old himself. So Nehemiah might have even known him because uh, he was a youngster when he came to Babylonia. But Daniel, I'm talking about. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Nehemiah has never been to Israel. Okay. Uh, he was born in captivity. But because of the remnant, his parents, which we'll see here, basically stayed in the relationship with God and had taught Nehemiah to what you and I would call abiding. Mm. Yes. Uh, to converse, hear God's voice, and to be in the word mm-hmm. and to know God's truth. Uh, but he's in, a, he's in a captivity, never been in Israel. Now he's the, uh, well, we see here, he's the, well, the cupbearer to the king. Right. The cupbearer. Very trusted position. Very trusted position. He's the guy that uh, tastes everything and drinks everything first in case there's poison or something as a, you know, the, you know mm-hmm. of course they had, they had also had disease. Uh, or bad food, then okay. If you have a problem, then I don't have to eat that. So he's he's mm-hmm. the the guy that sets it up. But because of that, he develops into a personal confidant right. of the king, both sides. Because he king, has close access at all times. The yeah. king talks to him and gives him insight, and he talks to the king. So the king would be used to, you know, hey, what do you think about this, or you know, what's your idea mm-hmm. about this? So, and he's living uh, in here. It's called uh, Susha or Susan. Uh, in Babylonia, uh, which is the winter capital mm-hmm. of Iraq, basically. And um, he's living in a palace. Right. Which is an interesting thing as we enter into this story. I think it's important that we even notice he's sitting in the lap of luxury right. when all this transpires and when he has this prayer to God. You know? yeah. Now he's talking to God and uh, what we see here is he's not saying, what do I do now? What do I do now? What do mm-hmm. I, he's, he's just living life with God. As far as he's concerned, he's living in the captivity. Mm-hmm. He's living covenant life. He's living in luxury. Mm-hmm. Um, he's living a pleasant, very, very uh, uh, beautiful life. And um, there's nothing even going on personally for him that says, you know, it's going to get tough for you. In his mind, Mm -hmm. it's pretty nice. Right. Um, And he's not saying now what, now what, now what, because he's learned, well, I'm just living with God's life and he's expecting. Okay. While he's doing that, what, who, what happens? Who, who comes to him? A friend from back home, basically. (laughs) Say, uh, so people from Israel take the trek, Mm -hmm. uh, come back and, and they see each other. So he says, hey, we're from, we're back from Israel. Hey, great, mm-hmm. good to see you. Um, and Nehemiah says, how's it going? How are things going there? How's yeah. it going? Um, they say, it's awful. <laughs> uh, we're still burned down. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have no protection. We're not in a, a thriving economy because we, we don't have that protection. We're not a functioning city. Uh, we're just getting by. Mm-hmm. Now, by the way, uh, one thing has happened, and that is um, probably anywhere from five to 20 years ahead of this moment. Uh, the temple was rebuilt by mm-hmm. Zerubbabel uh, and Ezra, who actually winds up with, with Nehemiah, Mm-hmm. And they were given permission to build the temple, which they did. They rebuilt the temple. However, it's empty. Right. It's not functioning. It's there. And there's no walls around and the there's city no, of Jerusalem And there's no walls. There's no protection. 
And they said, we're in deep trouble and we're kind of sick of it. Mm-hmm. That we were, th- we were thinking by now, because remember, they're also students of the word, that God said he's going to restore us, but he hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know. It's not good. Okay, so uh, Nehemiah's response, he sat down, sat down and what? Wept mm-hmm. for many days. Okay, now he's living in a lap of luxury, having a fantastic life. He gets news, a new piece of information. Mm-hmm. And his reaction is, well, I have a, I have a heart for that. Right. Um, okay, now, this is cool. Um, as we're walking with God, we are going to experience the heart of God. Right. And this was the heart of God. And it wasn't like, well, yeah, that's too bad. Uh, sorry about that. I wish you guys well. Let me give you a couple, you know, extra bags of food and good luck. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel sorry for you, but nothing I can do. But Nehemiah was struck by something. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, and then I think what happened is he got triggered by his abiding because we'll see here that he understood the word that was able to... Uh, uh, relate to a promise of God. Mm-hmm. And I think he started to see a disconnect between, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute. I know you've said you're going to restore it, but you haven't. But this isn't what it looks like right now. So right? you haven't. So I think his question was, what do you got to say about that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that uh, I think he entered into a dialogue with God about, well, how do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sad about that. How come? Well, because, and it led him into a place of what's called weeping, mm-hmm. which was, it really got him right at the depth level. Of, well, and I love, the Holy Spirit will do that to us, right? Sometimes yeah. truly unsettle us with this holy discontent because we see when he reveals God's heart and we see when something has fallen short of stepping into that, there is this weeping too, because we're aligned with God's heart and knowing what he desires and seeing it not there yet. Yeah, because he's drawing us into something Mm -hmm. that he wants to involve us in. And by the way, other times he would say, yeah, don't even worry about that. Um, Right. It's not, in other words, every little problem I gotta gotta feel bad about, no. But the Holy Spirit, like you say, will, will kind of, uh, give you a little bit of this something in your in your soul mm-hmm. that says, "I want you to pay attention to this thing." Right. And right. I want I want you to see something, feel something that I'm feeling about this, and I and my heart is your heart, and you're seeing mm-hmm. it, and you're being drawn into it. And by the way, there's dialogue about that. So we'll right. we're at the end of this particular session, but we'll pick this up tomorrow. Uh, and come back to this beautiful example of Nehemiah. And what we wanted to illustrate here is, last time we talked about Josephat, mm-hmm. he had a problem. Right. With that problem, he goes to God and says, what do you got to say about this? Mm-hmm. Nehemiah has no problem. Right. He's enjoying life, but God interjects an issue that he is asked to pay attention to and his whole path of life changed because of this moment 
that God brought about, not what he right. was seeking. And so right. think of prayer. And that begins his invitation yeah, And think of prayer as it's not, what do I do? What do I do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Do this, do this, do this. It's rather enjoying life, mm-hmm. and it can go both ways. That's great. I yeah. see something. I'd like to have. I'd like to have some wisdom, insight, truth about this. Or God says, "I see something, mm. and I want you to pay attention to it." And I'm going to interrupt great. your little little yes. uh, plan uh, and give you a new thought about this. So we'll pick this up next time and go go into the depth of it. So we encourage everybody to start thinking more of how do I how can I enjoy the mm-hmm. privilege we have which which implies by the way that dialogue means I have to be able to hear his voice yes uh, and we can we talk more about that now great stuff thank you so much for sharing thanks for joining us everyone and as always if this has brought up questions for you send them in to questions at afjministry.com and we'd love to um, talk about them on air and walk you through them yep have a great All afternoon right. and thanks for joining us okay we'll see you soon Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.